welcome back to The Aggressive Life. This July, we are revisiting some of my most aggressive live talks. Last week, we got a dose of the five marks of a man. One of my favorite parts of doing these events was the Q&A afterward. We just put some mics out and we invited people to ask any question around the topic they might have. It's always a fun and touching way to end the night. Today, we're going to replay some of the crowd Q&A from a few Five Marks of a Man events around the Cincinnati area. I think these questions and answers will push you forward. And for the privacy of the question askers, some of their names have been removed. Are you ready? Here we go. So I think we have some microphones up on either side here. If we have, we were going to have people texting questions, but I thought, oh, you're just going to think that we're fixing them. (laughs) And uh, so we're going to do that. So we know that we're, so you know that we're not just kind of toning them down. So any questions you may have, men and men and women alike. Hi. Hi. You are so brave. (laughs) You're the first person. Oh, you're raising two boys. Okay, yes. So I'm raising two boys with a dad who was abusive to me. Mm, sorry. Yeah. But um, so I read the book because I obviously don't know what a man looks like when I marry one, and they don't have one. And I was like, I can pretend or I can try to find someone around me to model that. Yes. Um, but then what it's created is... Um, I think you're unintentionally creating a generation of women that just don't put up with shit. I'm, I'm, I'm yes. creating... Oh, go, go, go I've got a ton of girlfriends that are now reading your book, and we're looking around, and we're like, garbage, 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 garbage. And I'm like, we've, like, we've literally talked about just buying them in bulk and handing them out. <laughs> so do you have any encouragement for women trying to date? I do. Can I see all these college I do. boys? Like, well done, guys. But for us... Yeah, in, like, seriously. How, how old are you? How old are you? 38. 30, sorry. Sorry, yeah. guys, 38. I know. Yeah, it's too much. <laughs> Sorry, pass. Yeah, pass. I know. I'm already That's raising two. Yeah. Um, so do you have any encouragement I do, for I us? do, I do. Um, uh, yeah, great. <laughs> I want to make sure we understand all of us, even who are men, have boyish tendencies. I revert into boydom from time to time. I just, you know... and. I regret that in trying to speak as forcefully and winsomely as I can, I can come off as somebody who doesn't have any challenge in these areas. You know, I do. So I think the thing I would say is it's not so much you find a man that gets an A in these five areas. Do you find a man who gets it? So I would be more interested with a, with a, with a guy who's on a growth track than I am with the guy who gets an A in all five of these categories. That, you know, so that, that, that might not, that, 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 that yeah, so that, that, that's what I would say to that. If you can find one that gets an A in all these categories, great. Um, but you're going you're gonna to have to live with some level of growth required. And so do men, have, men need that with women. And I think you were great, too. I'll just piggyback to one more thing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, find a father figure. Find a father figure. I had a, I had a father figure came to Cincinnati. His name was Gil Hopkins. He died, and I wept like a baby about 10 years ago when he died because he was the, a father figure who told me that he was pleased with me. And so just do whatever you can to get your sons around older people in different environments 
that, uh, that, that could rub off on them. It'd be great. Yeah. Hey, Ryan, uh, thank you for tonight. I think you've done a great job of charging us to, to leave this place wanting to, to be men and, and to walk in that. Um, but what would you say to some of us maybe that are realizing we've been boys in some ways and feeling some shame? What would you say to us in that? Yeah. Yeah, this is, a, this is an aspirational talk as opposed to getting over the things that we've made mistakes on. And the good news is, from my belief, the good news is there's a God who, who gives forgiveness and doesn't hold it against us. That's a great thing. When I tell my, I tell my son very regularly right now, I still, because I, I would want to hear it right now, he's 27, 25, and I still say, hey, Jake, you know what? His, uh, his uh, sister's 27, so I'm not that bad, but uh, I said, I say, uh, hey, Jay, you know, I'm proud of you. I'm, just, I'm, just, I'm, I'm really proud of you. And he does things that are mistakes. Like, I do things that are mistakes. I get that from God. God, God does not wait for you to be perfect to say, hey, I'm thankful for you and I love you. So God gets over our stuff way before we do. So no matter what mistakes we've made, no matter what kind of boyish things we've done, God wants to move on, and you need to give yourself the grace to move on. Don't be harder on yourself than God is. Because God gives people second chances, and you need to give yourself a second chance. Right here. Hi, Brian. Hi. Um, so for me, unfortunately, when I was 10, my dad passed away. So uh, all my life, a father figure wasn't really there. My stepdad was there, but he wasn't really great. So my question is, at 23, where do you think I should or people in my situation should look for a father figure? To cry the heart, brother, I feel for you. It, not, it doesn't go away. It, do, it just doesn't go away. Our, our, our culture would tell us that dads are disposable or you don't need them when you're 18. No, it's a void. It's a void. It never goes. So I'm sorry for you. I hurt for you. I think father figures are like eagles. They're not, boys are like pigeons. They're, they're, all, they're always all over the place, you know? But finding an eagle is a rare thing. So the best thing to do is put yourself in a place where eagles frequent. They don't frequent bars at one o'clock in the morning. Um, they don't, uh, there's a lot of things they don't do. They, they, they oftentimes, not all the time, oftentimes come to places like this in a church I'd, I'd go find a good church and I'd go see where older men may hang out and where they may be. Um, uh, I just, if, you, if wherever you work, I would just see who, who, who at work do I respect? And then I would just, you, know, you never go up to a guy and say, hey, I'm looking for a father figure. Could you do that for me? <laughs> you don't do that. You say, hey, I've got some questions to, to, to run off. We'll we have a beer somewhere. And maybe you strike up a friendship with an older male, and what do you know? He's actually a father figure, but he may have never known that in the front end. So that's what I have to say about that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hey, Brian. Hey. Uh, so being 16, I'm around uh, boys, both in the figurative and literal sense, almost every day. Um, what's some things that you could recommend to like, encourage these five marks of a man in, these, in the people around us? First thing I would say is do not feel like you need to abandon your friends. 
Do not feel like, you know, oh, no, I can't be around. Uh, no, no. Men, men are okay being around people who have different values than them. I have friends who have far different values than I do. I'm okay with that. Um, I, would, I would just make sure you realize that you're there to influence them. They're not there to influence you. And so you have to make it kind of a vision for your life. Okay, I'm going to go out with these guys tonight. And like, for me, when I was 16, one of the things I had to do when I got out of... Um, when I realized I'm going the wrong path here and I started shifting was I had to change my drinking habits. And I, I decided I'm going to go to these parties and I'm going I'm to put apple juice in my red solo cup. I'll fill it up to proceed to parties, what I'll do. That was long before Toby Keith. But I did that because I still wanted to be around the friends and potentially influence them. So just make sure you have your head screwed on straight. Make sure you recognize that you're the man. You're the man. And don't let the boys influence you. I used to say to my kids when they were growing up, I would tell them, I wouldn't say this to your friends, but I would say to them, hey, daddy always wins. <laughs> You'll never beat me. If you're going to cry, and no, no, you will never outwind me. Daddy always wins. I just had to, I just had to recognize that I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to out, out-endure you, and you've got to out-endure your friends on that, hopefully for their blessing. Thank right. you. Mm-hmm. Yeah, over here. Hi, Brian. I'm John. Hey, John. Um, I'm actually headed into basic training in like less than a month. And uh, I had read your book. And going into it, what I want to know is, is there ever a point where you know well off into manhood where you can then teach? Or are you always then a student of manhood where you're still learning from ones who have come before. Uh, we're still learning. We're all still, I'm still learning. We're, we're, we're all still learning. So we're constantly in a learning and growing mode and constantly in a helping people else mode. So we want to always receive from people who are above us and give to people who are below us. So that, ne that never ends. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Hello, Brian. Hey. So I'm, I'm, I'm 33 years old and I am a man who in the past has done boyish activities sexually, and I've ever since then have made a commitment to never do that again because of the actual book that you gave, that you gave us about re reminding our ourselves that we are there for the, their future, not to just think small picture, but just to go on forward from that. Yes. But <clears throat> as you just spent, mentioned tonight, there, there are instances where women will take to man up to fill the void in their heart because man has, or, or a father has hurt them yes. in the past. And I, I have actually come across that quite a few times in relationships in the past yes. where they have said, man up and just have sex with me, and I, and I won't do that. But um, <clears throat> I, I wonder if there is a way to help someone through that pain or not. I think the best thing to do is the, I think everybody who dates somebody, this, people who disagree with me on this, I think a great conversation, the very first date, is a sexual expectation conversation, the very first date. You're both thinking of it. Why not talk about it? And you might find you have an exhilarating conversation. And I think in that conversation, that topic might come up, wounds, hurts, or even just to say, I find with women that this tends to happen. Are you going to be somebody who's going to put that pressure on me? That'd be an incredibly fruitful and invigorating discussion. Um, 
let's, let's just talk about the things we're feeling. Let's talk about that, right? We're talking about everything else. We don't have that kind of real discussion. So that's what I encourage you to do. Okay. Thank you. And hey, thanks for your vulnerability. All right, I'll go, keep going a little longer. Go right here. Hi, Brian. Um, thank you for what you're doing. Um, my name's Jen, and I'm asking a question from a mother's perspective. I have three children, um, my, and I have one son who just turned 15. Um, and as a son yourself and a man, what advice could you give me as his mom to say, go be a man? All right. Uh, is your husband in the house? Um, I was remarried. Remarried? So, yes. Okay. Uh, it's, I, I, I've not seen your house, I, I, how you function. I have not seen your son. I have not seen you. I'm not, I just kind of wax general principles, and then you can do with it what you want if it applies to you or not, okay? Um, I think the biggest thing I would say to, mo- say to moms especially is let your young boys take risks that will hurt themselves. Um, there's, they, did, they, did a, um, they did a study, fascinating study, of what, what um, mass murderers had in common. You know, the one thing that all mass murderers have in common is they had an absence of rough play when they were children. And the theory is that when you're wrestling around or doing things and you get hit in the jaw accidentally, you feel pain, like, ooh, ow, that hurts. But a, a young male that never feels pain never develops empathy for what it like, feels like for somebody else so they can inflict great pain on others. So I would say, allow, allow your boys to, to do things that could bring them pain. Don't, don't make them wear a helmet when they're on their tricycle in the garage. I'm dead serious about that. Let them do rope swings. They'll survive. We had my son and his buddy were on there on a rope swing behind our house, and the buddy lacerated his liver, and he's just fine today. He's fine. Um, <laughs> he did. I, I think it's really important. In fact, with kids in general, I think I'd say to all of us, like, I'll talk about minority position for a moment. Like, I was crucified by my parenting techniques when I was, when I was doing my kids because I had a long-term vision for them. I mean, people hated me, uh, my, my peers. I, one example, I was at, um, at a Reds game, and my kids, I think, I, think, I think Lena was seven and Jake was five, and I was, like, hungry. So I said, hey, um, here's 10 bucks. Would you guys go back, go down this aisle, and there's a stand over there, and get me a hot dog and Coke. And they're like, yeah, yeah, take it. So they took off, just the seven-year-old and the five-year-old, just, like, took off, like, outside of my view. I wasn't with them. Like, gone. And then, like, 10, 15 minutes later, they came back with this Coke and this hot dog, and I swear they grew three inches, each one of them. Because they went out in fear, right? I pushed them into an uncomfortable place, but they grew in confidence. You've got you to be willing to push your sons, especially into an uncomfortable place. It, it helps, them to, um, helps them to build confidence. So that's one thing I'd, I'd say. Thank you very much. All right, you're welcome. Yeah. Hi, I'm Faith, and this is really loud, right? Yeah, you're good. So, um, I used to work with a lot of young ladies, college age, and there's no way that they're all having daddy issues. So, I'm thinking that sex, right about now, is an extracurricular activity, like instead of bowling or watching a movie. So, what do you say to them about 
sex being like just for fun, just because. Yeah. Well, for, yeah, for sure. For sure, not everyone who's sexually active had an awful father figure. So right. thank you for helping me clarify that. Absolutely. So what would I say for those of us who are doing it that's, um, that's just fun, it's for, you know, it's for pleasure? I, th I think it's part of your worldview, how you view it in the world. So if you believe that life is here to give you pleasure, and this is the thing that gives you pleasure, there's no reason for you to not do it at all. Because it's just pleasure. I like ice cream. I like sex. But sex is a transcendent thing. When, you, when a man inserts his penis into a vagina, you're one physically. You're one physically. And this mirrors that for a moment in time, you are one spiritually as well. You're one spiritually. In fact, every time you have sex with someone, it's like a, another stitch is in your heart with that person. And when you separate from that person, you leave a piece of yourself behind. So I think that there are emotional and there are spiritual consequences to having sex simply for pleasure that I'd encourage us to think long-term on. At least that's from my worldview. I feel you. Good. I mean, not, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, though. Thank you. All right. I would say, though, guys, I would say that I'll, I'll, I'll stand on this one. If a woman tells you to man up, I'm promising you that one has daddy issues. Others may for sure, but absolutely that one. Yes. Hey, Brian. Uh, Neil. Hey, Neil. So quick two-part question. One, sports obviously and teams would be great training grounds for working on, on all these marks. And so the first part of the question is, is there, are the people that you know who are working on sort of applications in that context? Um, are, like, are you connecting with FCA or other folks to talk about how to deliver marks right. of men in team context? Yes, yes, I have connected with FCA and I actually did a podcast with the Fellowship of Christian Athletes, yeah. Yes, definitely. Second, what would you identify as other training grounds where boys trying to be men or aspiring to be men could work on these marks? Because sports teams obviously would be a great one, but there's got to be for non yeah. athletes some other training grounds. Great point. Yeah, again, this is, I'm excited to come against this stereotypical masculine stuff. You do not have to have great um, hand eye coordination to be a man. You do not have to be in a, a football player to be a man. Now, these are team environments that can grow us, but you can, you can have a team environment uh, with, with the thespians, with making sets, with acting. It, 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 it forces you to work with other people. You can be in a team environment in Cub Scouts and uh, for Girl Scouts, all these things. So it doesn't have to be sports, but... The more you can get around people where they need you and you need them, the better off you're going to be because life is about team. It's about team. The people who make the most money learn how to play well with others. The people who have the most influence learn how to be in team. So there's a bunch of different environments like that. Yes. So you've talked a lot about um, father figures and having problems with those. I know like, I personally have a really convoluted idea of what a good father figure looks like. And one of the other young gentlemen, you talked to him about going to a church and maybe grabbing a beer with somebody after a, you know, a service or something. Obviously, that's a little awkward for a girl to do that with a father figure. Right. Um, so I was asking if there's any way that you 
have at least seen that is a healthy way to gain a yes. relationship like that, or if that's not possible, how to fill that void. Yes, yes. My recommendation is um, instead of looking for a father figure, look for a healthy family that you can tag into from now and then. There's a lot of families that are functioning families and have a father in it that would love to have somebody over once a week for dinner. Just, just kind of being around that family will give you exposure to that father figure. It's, it's, it's spooky. It really is. I had a, I had a girl I, I married, a woman. I married her and her husband about a year or so ago. And like, I never knew that I was her father figure. Her father had a drug issue and was out of her life. And, and she was over at our house a lot. And I was the guy who was going up to the park when she was busted by having her pants off in a car with her boyfriend. The cops were there. And I was the one who had to go up and like clean the whole thing. I'm like, like, stupid me. I never occurred like I was her father figure. And then she told me that like a decade later. I was like, oh, I didn't need to even know that. But she was looking to me uh, sort of as a, as, a, as a rudder in her life. And I, I wish I would have known because I would have probably been a lot better <laughs> to her. But I'd say, look, look for a family that's, that's somewhat healthy and just see if you can glob onto it. Thank you. Yeah. So I don't have a close relationship with my father. Uh, we always say I love you, but it sounds more of a routine. Uh, and whenever we're, it's just me and him in our living room watching TV, he's always on his phone. And... Uh, I've been going through a lot of changes uh, recently, and I realize a lot of my faults are I feel like an outcast in my family, and I feel like a lot of that is from my father. I have three, I have two older brothers and one little brother, and I see the relationship that he has with all of them, and I compare them to mine, and it feels like there is no relationship, and it really sucks, and I really want to change that. And so I did invite him out here tonight. He couldn't make it, sadly. Uh, so I think I'm making uh, steps. I just wanted advice. Do you think he has a better relationship with your brothers than you? Is that what you're saying? Yes. Um, the reason why I said it is uh, I see myself and my dad being very different. Uh, yeah. My brother, my two older brothers, yeah. uh, all my family's in the salesman yeah. thing, and I'm not about that. And there and the older brother's able to talk to him about salesmen cars and all that and i'm yeah. like okay i can't got it how, how old are you i'm 21 okay yeah you you um understand your dad is not as secure as you think he is i'm not as secure as my kids think that i am you might be coming getting to a place in life right now where your dad is perfectly primed for you to affirm him you might be coming to a place in his life where he feels uncomfortable about his life. He, he know, every time he goes to this, how old's your dad? About my age or so? How old are you? 53? He just turned 60, so. Okay. Yeah, he, yeah. he knows when he goes to this, he knows, especially his age, like, why am I doing this so much? He has that internal conversation. I promise you, he knows more about his faults than you think he does, and he feels uncomfortable about them. He probably feels a level of being trapped. He probably feels a level of not being able to break out of whatever is there. And when my kids say something affirming to me, it means the world. You might, you might need to do some reverse mentoring with your dad before you get something from him. You might want to be the one that goes out of your way and says, hey, dad, I just want you to know that I'm thankful for the opportunities that you gave me. 
I'm thank and just lifts them. I'm thankful for the food you put in my life. I'm thankful for the push you give in life. And I just want to tell you, I just want to tell you, th I'm thankful for you. Period. You might find that starts opening up a line of communication instead of waiting for him someday to have some emotional breakthrough where he pours on you all that you, you want to hear from him. It's a bummer you're not getting that. I hurt for you. I'm in your fraternity. <laughs> you know, I am. But um, you might be in a position where you can actually bless your dad before he blesses you. Hey, man, you're a man. You're a man now. Come on. You are. Dude, you, you're a man. You're you. You. You are, you are a man, and, there, and there's, nothing, there's nothing that says that you have to be the, recip, the, the recipient, passive person waiting for to come to you. No, bless him. Go and bless him. You're a man, brother. You, you, you're on the right track. You're going the right direction. Yes, you are. Hey, Brian. Hey. Uh, let's see, I'm 23 years old, and I have a uh, long history of being an asshole. <laughs> would anyone vouch for this man right here? Would anybody vouch that you would vouch for him? Okay, all right, yes. Uh, to put a, uh, I guess, better label on that, I grew up in the church. Um, I grew up with, you know, my dad, who has been awesome. You know, I'm awesome, like, al almost a perfect father figure, I think. Um, and he really raised me with a lot of scripture, you know, and I spent a lot of time you know, sort of learning what, it, what the gospel was about, what a relationship with Christ is. Um, and I was in a church that uh, didn't get it right on a lot of, on a lot of regards. Um, so I developed this attitude of no one, no one gets it, you know, and, I, and I'm the only one who does, and I'm something special. Um, well, I read the first edition of your book years ago, and I was critical of it, and had my theological, biblical reasons as to things that were missed, and you know, stuff that I imagine you have more emails than could ever be counted. Uh, saying Especially when I give my email out to a whole room like this, yeah. Yes, I did, yeah, yeah. I, was, I was actually surprised to hear you say that. <laughs> two years ago, I'd be exactly the wrong person to tell that. Um, well, anyway, uh, life's been hard, you know, in, in, in recent years, and I've, I've grown a lot, and... Um, my attitudes and honestly just wells of pride have been shown to me and you know I've kind of come to terms with the fact that I've, I've hurt people in the past and they you know I've been exactly the wrong person with exactly the right answer a lot of times um, so to sort of cut this short uh, this church has been really awesome to me you know um, and reading your the second edition of your book which said almost exactly the same stuff just with more words here and there and things changed um, I really look up to you, and oh. one of the biggest things that I saw in your, in your book was uh, have a vision. I think that's at the center of our relationship with Christ, and I think it's at the center of what motivates us to be the best men possible, you know, is um, how do we make sense of all the stuff that's happening in our life, and where yeah. are we going from here? So my question to you is, uh, what's your vision, you know? What, what do you see next coming? You know, this church has already done amazing stuff, and uh, what's next? Uh, well, thanks for the kind words, and thanks for the um, confession of sorts. That's good. You're a good man to be able to be self-aware like that. That's great. And thanks for the encouragement. Uh, my, you know, the thing about vision is it changes. It really does. I mean, very few people at 22 are going to say, that's where I'm going. What you just need to know is I need to know far enough that it gives me reasons why I'm making the decision where I am here. And then when I get here, I'm like, oh. I see that over there. So 
if you looked at my vision, it would be, I don't have a vision statement. Uh, I don't, if you do a vision statement, that's great. I've never found that to be helpful for me. Um, a piece of paper that's on a wall has not been clear for me. Um, I, uh, I've wanted to see Cincinnati become flipped. Cincinnati to be known worldwide as a city where the purposes of God were, were, were changing the city. And that's part of why we've done so many different sites here in Cincinnati and still doing that and involved in CityLink Center. And I have a, I have a mentoring time I get with uh, other leaders and government and business once a month where I interact with them because I want to build into the sort of infrastructure here in the city to affect the city. I still want that, but I also want to see a national movement that goes across the entire nation that, that links people who are lonely to one another, where people can have digital, uh, digital products that help them understand who Christ is and get linked in community. And I'm really, I'm really drawn to that along with, man, the family. I'm a huge family guy right now. I'm, I'm crazy about it. So I'm going to talk about it in about three weeks. So I, I'm coming into this era of being a patriarch which sounds like a really weird, almost abusive term, but I feel that. Like the number of people who look at me right now and say, hey, you're a father figure to me. I don't even know you. I don't even, I had a woman come up to me at uh, Crossroads Oakley a while ago and she said, you know, I just want you to know that, um, that um, I come here every weekend and my daughters do, and she pointed to me over there. We sit right there in that front section and we do that because my husband left me and he's left the faith and my daughters come here because they look at you and you're their dad. And you're, you're the symbol that there's a man that's not abandoning his faith and abandoning his family. I just want to tell you, thank you for being that for my daughters. Listen, I was like, okay, I'm an awful father from afar, first of all. I'm an awful father that I'm, I'm never going to meet them at all, at all on, at any level in that. But it's also like, wow, our society is so far down that that's the best those girls are going to do according to them. So there's something in the vision of doing this. That's why I'm here right now and why I was supposed to be signing books as of half an hour ago. <laughs> and instead, instead you guys were all sitting here like a butcher's dog waiting for another slab of meat. And I'm just, uh, you know, if anything, I, if I can impart anything as a father figure from afar, I'm, that's, that's become part of my vision too. Thank you. Yeah. All right. All right, I, I, yeah, go ahead. What are we, what are we doing here? Yeah. Uh, the big man, the big man is coming to uh, cut us off or tell me, like, oh, you're in charge. So what, what do you want to do? What do you want to do? Well, first off, I just want to thank you, Brian, for, for coming and talking um, to this community of folks. It means a ton. Um, one of, yeah. <laughs> just, you kind of touched on this earlier. Um, and I've heard you say this before, but if you had to say there was a six mark of a man, you've talked about that aggressiveness. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Can you kind of end things yeah, with that? Yeah, I'll end with that. So if there's one thing that goes through those five marks, it's being aggressive. Aggressive. One thing that all boys have in common throughout those all five things, they're all passive. They let, they let life happen to them, whereas a man, he's aggressive. And the word aggressive has been co-opted as a completely negative word in our culture. Absolutely, if you're hurting someone with your aggression, that's really, really bad. But aggression is a really underplayed attribute. I just, I, make men, men and women, make aggressive mistakes. Don't make passive mistakes. Make aggressive mistakes. I've made a lot of mistakes in my life. The ones that hurt are the ones where I was passive. Make aggressive mistakes. 
take control of your life. You control your life. No one else does. If you see an opportunity that you can take a hold of, take hold of it. Look away from your fear and go forward. And I have dozens and dozens of those examples, but I think that's, that, that's the one I'll leave you with. It's your life. Act like women. Act like men. Grab your life. Make something of your life. Make aggressive moves and you will not regret it. There's nothing, there is nothing. Those of, us, us, those of you who are younger, this, is, this should be incredibly liberating. Your culture right now, your generation has more anxiety at your age than any other previous generation. Studies have shown that. I know that you're freaked out. I know that you're like, you're not sure, like your life has been scripted out for you and now there's no perfect script What's my script now? I, I, I don't, I, there's so much uncertainty in, in America. We're fighting with one another. We're this. I, mean, I understand all that. But here's one free piece of advice. There is nothing you can do right now that's going to screw up your life. Do you realize how freeing that is? There is, let me say, there is nothing you can do right now that's going to screw up your life. You can do some things right now that's going to make your life harder, but you can't, you, shoot, you could even get a DUI and you'll get over that. I couldn't do that at 53, but you can. I'm not recommending DUIs, please. Hear me very, I'm not recommending that at all. I'm just saying, and I see Ron nodding his head over there. You know exactly what I'm talking about. There is, a, there is a level of freedom you have. Do not allow the anxiety of your generation to rob the freedom you have to make aggressive moves. Try things in your life. Go for it. You won't, you won't regret it. Awesome. Thank right. you so much. Good. All right. Thank you so much. Hey, thanks for listening. For all things aggressive living, why don't you head over to bryantome.com. Find my new book, Move, a guide to get up and go forward, as well as articles and much, much more. And no matter where you listen to podcasts, why don't you take a second and leave us a rating, leave us a review. It really, really helps us drive new listeners to the show. We want to help as many people as possible, just like we may have helped you. We want to help others. So why don't you help us out? And if you want to connect, find me on Instagram at Brian Tome. Aggressive Life with Brian Tome is a production of Crossroads Church, Cincinnati, Ohio.